1: Good morning and welcome back to Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio, our all about real estate edition. I'm your host, Carol Morgan, and I'd like to give a special thanks to our 2022 show sponsor, New American Funding. Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is made possible thanks to them. Diversity, equity and inclusion continues to be a hot topic and of much interest in the real estate industry. I mean, you practically can't open a paper or go online to a news source and read about it. You know, companies are getting on board and, you know, from our perspective, it's about time. So we continue to focus on DEI on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio, and today's guest is going to be a fantastic interview. So I'm happy to welcome Brittany Sanders. She's the Vice President of Development with Portman Residential. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Glad you're here. Well, take a quick minute and tell us about yourself.
2: Sure. Well, like you said, my name is Brittany Sanders. I currently serve as the VP of Development for the Southeast at Portman Residential. I recently relocated to Atlanta from Chicago with my wife about a year ago. So, getting settled, um, we welcomed our daughter into the world in April of last year. So it's been it's been quite the year um, getting getting settled, but we are we are very happy to,
1: to be in Atlanta. When you probably don't miss all the snow, although I I understand they haven't had that much in Chicago this year. There's
2: actually a winter storm underway right now. It's like
1: freezing rain. Very good. So yeah, so you're not missing it. So, well, give us an overview of Portman Residential. Sure. So Portman Residential
2: is a relatively new platform for the Portman family. It was started about two years ago by Harvey Watsworth, formerly of Mill Creek and Mark Brambra, uh, formerly of Fairfield Residential. And for those who might not be familiar, Portman Holdings has actually been around for over 60 years. It was founded by a prolific architect, John Portman. The company, however, was previously known for doing really prolific office and hotel Projects and recently they've decided to expand that to be more of a mixed-use developer by adding uh, Portman Residential and Portman Industrial to the family. But it really is a great, great company and does really exciting mixed-use projects across the country.
1: Yeah, I have been just floored on some of the projects mm-hmm. that I have heard about that Portman's done, and it, you know, it's continuing continuing that same legacy. You know, the mm-hmm. architecture for years has been amazing, so why not, you know, expand that to the residential side. Well, talk a little bit about DEI and what it means to you and how you embrace it. Sure.
2: So, diversity and inclusion is a topic that is very personal to me. Uh, Growing up in a small town about an hour south of Chicago, I would spend a lot of time going back and forth to the city, and I loved the architecture but never really understood how those buildings came to be. I decided to study architecture because I knew I appreciated the buildings, but didn't really know another career was an option. I just didn't have that exposure that a lot of people had. And during my time at Howard in DC, I quickly learned, um, that architecture was not the career <laughs> for me, um, but it took a, took a lot of door knocking, honestly, and a lot of, a lot of luck for me to stumble into development. But once I did, I fell in love, um, and because it took me a while to make that transition without the connections and, and finance experience, I ended up kind of taking a longer path than I think others might have. And my motivation today is to expose more young people, um, specifically young people of color, that are maybe in my shoes now um, that, that I was in 10, you know, 20 years ago. So that there just aren't many women that I can look up to specifically African-American women in development. Um, so I just hope to make that road a bit, a bit easier. So that's what makes me work the way that the way that I do.
1: Yeah, it's so true. I was, I was looking around my office cause I know it's here somewhere. There's a book that just came out. A friend of mine wrote um, called the house that she built. And it's all about, you know, women in the trades and women in construction and women holding these jobs. And in fact, it's based on a home that was built in Utah 100 percent by females. and and women contractors. Now, that being said, they did have to fly some people in to make it 100% women built. And, you know, that speaks to a little bit of a challenge in our society. But, you know, I'm wearing a bracelet today that, you know, you probably can't really see, but it's got tools on it. Let's see, tools. And, um, And again, my friend Molly, who wrote the book, she said when she was working on the book, you know, she wanted some just, you know, fun stuff to go along with it for kids and that she was looking for jewelry, you know, for little girls, because this is a little girl's bracelet, you know, based on (laughs) construction. And there wasn't anything out there. She couldn't find anything. So she actually, you know, hired an artist to make these bracelets with little tools on them. But it's a huge challenge. You know, we, we, we don't focus on the trades and we don't tell women or at least you know historically we haven't told women, hey, you know you could be you know a, a concrete mason or a brick mason or you could own your own you know company and be an electrician. And it's just you know it's part of that whole same big you know disconnect between you know education and all the different jobs that are out there that can be held by anyone. I agree.
2: I couldn't agree more. And I think it starts with exposure and I think it starts, it starts young. I'm excited for the possibilities for, for my daughter (laughs) and just knowing that at 10 months, (laughs) you know, she, she can be exposed to a whole, you know, career that I definitely have little 3d buildings (laughs) that that she uses as toys. So um, it's, it's amazing what, what can happen for this next generation.
1: Yeah, you think about it, you know, again, you're just going back to, you know, Legos and building blocks and Lincoln Logs and, you know, all of that stuff. It seems like, you know, historically, it's been skewed toward little boys, but I love the fact that so many of those companies now are, you know, kind of having secondary lines of things that they think are of interest to little girls, even though little girls might be just as interested in the the boys stuff. So I I love, you know, kind of where DEI is taking companies and having them really wake up and see the possibilities. I love it. My favorite
2: toy growing up, I had a Tonka truck. Yes. And my niece um, turned 12 when she found it and she thought it was her dad's toy. And I was like, no,
1: (laughs) that was mine. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. <laughs> well, what advice do you have for women you know, and minorities looking to get started in a the, in the real estate field? The one thing I would say is meet
2: as many people as you possibly can. Don't be afraid to reach out to people that are in positions that you aspire to be in. You will find that many people are happy to talk to you. And for those that aren't, that's OK, too. Don't let it discourage you. The one lesson I learned early in my career is oftentimes development companies and real estate companies in general often run very lean, and they mm-hmm. typically have a limited time for him to hire as they balance projects at different stages. So you have to position yourself so that you're top of mind when opportunities present themselves. So network, network, network. Get comfortable talking to anyone. Nine times out of ten, people are just as nervous to talk to you
1: <laughs> as you are to talk to them. So just go for it and and make yourself known. Yeah, that's great career advice for you know anyone at any stage. You know if you if you want to be in a specific industry, get to know that industry and get to know the people. And there's lots of different associations and organizations out there that you can you know get involved in and network and. Networking is so much of it. It's exactly what you just said. It's being at the right place at the right time or being you know, the last person they thought about on that list.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, I have this conversation a lot with with college students that that reach out to me. For, for opportunities and they get discouraged saying that, you know, many opportunities are just given to family members or, or friends in, in companies. And while that absolutely does exist, I am, I am not discounting that. I've, I've witnessed it personally. I do think a lot of it truly is just you hire who you know. So you've Mm -hmm. got to make yourself known as well as the companies have to be willing to step outside of their circle as well. So it's definitely a two way street. But in terms of what you can control,
1: you you have to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a great segue when you're talking about companies being willing to step out of their control. You know, how can businesses really, truly build that environment that embraces DEI um, and helps employees thrive? Any any tips for businesses? Yeah, I think, you know, what I what I mentioned
2: earlier, I think main potential candidates is is halfway to a great start. As much as it's important for candidates to put themselves out there, and reach out to potential employers, companies have to be willing to to do the same. Recruit at HBCUs. That's actually how I got my start in the in the industry. Um, JLL was doing one of their first, if not their first recruiting tour. At HBCUs, and I didn't know what JLL was when I was at at Howard, but they came. They talked to me, and I I fell in love um, yeah. and got my got my start there, and it was great. Ever since, it was a great foundation to to my career. So, just be willing to give candidates a chance that may not come through personal referrals, as they may not have access to the same mentors and sponsors that may be willing to make those industry connections for them. And then I'd say once an employee is hired, work to set an equal playing field. I don't mm-hmm. think it's necessarily about giving one candidate a, a, a step above another. It's making people feel like they actually have a fighting chance and that there are equal standards for, for performance and, and advancement within your company.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely so true. So true.
2: Think you need 20% down to become a homeowner? think again what if you could buy a home without a down payment that's right new american funding understands that saving for a down payment can be difficult they have competitive loan programs that can get you into a new home their 100 percent fha financing loan program
1: makes getting into a new home with no down payment possible let one of their home loan professionals pre-qualify you Contact a new American Funding Loan Officer today to find out more about these niche loan programs and
2: start your home ownership journey. For more information, call 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540.
1: Well, you're a member of and involved in another organization that I love and think does great work out there. Talk a little bit about what you've done with ULI and the National Multifamily Product Council that you're on. Sure,
2: sure. That is an experience that I really cherish. I hold it near and dear. For those that don't know, it's an opportunity for leaders across the country to get together over the course of a couple of days, twice a year at the fall and the spring meeting and we just discuss our challenges and successes, whether it be finance, construction, property management, acquisitions or, or development. I love the opportunity to hear everyone's opinions. And I always walk away feeling rewarded by the relationships. You know, speaking of that mentorship and, and sponsorship, um, I, I just love the the network that I'm able to build and the knowledge that I'm able to, to gain and my membership, just thinking of of DNI and and networking, the advice that I gave earlier. My membership on that council is actually an example of how that networking pays off. So back in Chicago, I applied for a scholarship called the Jeffrey Kahn Scholarship multiple times. I didn't get it, and then finally, I I did. And as a part of that scholarship program, I got to um, be a guest member on an industrial council, actually, hmm. but had no industrial <laughs> experience. So <laughs> talked my way onto a guest membership on a multifamily council. And then from there, um, made my way to a, a permanent member. And I've been a member for, for a few years now. So it's just about sometimes asking, honestly, for, for what you want. You never know what the answer might
1: might be. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. And then, you know, just, I think you hit on something else. It's kind of perseverance. You know, don't give up. You know, what did they say? Seven no's makes a yes. So, you know, if you've applied for something and gotten turned down, apply again. You know, sometimes it's just that, you know, somebody else got turned down two or three times. They're trying to make space for them. You know, I know there's several things, you know, I've done over the course of my career that I didn't get the first time I applied for it. I had to go and apply again and, you know, await my turn, so to speak. So I I think a lot of times people get frustrated, though. They just think, oh, well, they just don't want me, you know, and they take it very personally and they don't persevere. Couldn't,
2: Couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, to give, you know, some some vulnerable experience, I struggled with that. I think that's one thing. That I think people have to realize this road to to Portman has not been an easy one. It's been it's been full of no's. I had to work full time while going to school full time and and traveling every week just to and and working part time to to finally get my chance in in development. And it took it took a lot of no's, like
0: 50 right.
2: no's from from developers and and job applica- applications to to finally get my shot. So I think what people have to decide is that this career or this opportunity, whatever it may be is,
1: is what they actually want. And you don't stop until you get it. Right. Right. Well, clearly it's paid off for you. And (laughs) I'm amazed at what all you've done. Um, You know, just, you know, reading your bio, I was like, you know, what what hasn't she done? And on top of (laughs) Everything you do is, you know, you know, raising a child, and you know, relocating to Atlanta, and this fantastic job you have, and being involved with ULI. You also find time to give back to the community. Share a little bit about Over the Rainbow and your participation there.
2: So, Over the Rainbow it's a it's a nonprofit in Illinois. It's an organization dedicated to providing independent living solutions for individuals with physical disabilities, it's a group that I'm proud to be a part of. All of the apartments that the group develops have been designed specifically for low-income individuals with physical disabilities. And coming from Chicago specifically, that's really important because all of the buildings that for the most part are accessible are the newer buildings that are being built that you know, right or wrong are, are expensive. Construction right. prices are high, land is high. So they're just not not affordable and they're not necessarily friendly all the time to people with um, vouchers or or subsidized housing plans. And then the housing that is affordable is usually older, and it's mm-hmm. uh, in Chicago, two flats, three flats, so walk-ups. So it's not, it's not accessible. So there's this missing middle that doesn't get talked a lot about. Um, I think people talk about it from an affordability standpoint, but when you layer in physical disabilities, it, it's a challenge to find housing and specifically in a location that's close to a job for. So that's what this group specifically focuses on. I've been a member of the board for, for about a year now. Um, I would encourage everyone to to go to the website and and check it out. It's otrhousing.org. And we throw some great events as as fundraising events um, that are integral to our success every year. So we would welcome any questions that you guys have in terms of how you can get involved or, or how you can donate.
1: Yeah, and affordable housing is so important. And again, you hit the nail on the head. We could talk about missing middle for, for another two <laughs> for hours. hours. That's a whole nother... <laughs> You know, interesting uh, challenge that many, many cities have, you know, just that whole, you know, and a lot of it boils down to zoning, and, you know, discriminatory zoning that we all know exists, I guess, all you got to do is read the color of law. And you know that that's, you know, the case. And of course, you know, I, I just remain amazed because really, if you if it goes, if you go back in time and you go down to it, a lot of the issues we have with zoning now, you know, they go back to the, you know, 50s and 60s. And, and it's zoning that our government put in place. Right. So and that we're all fighting today to get change so that we can build that missing metal housing, you know, put that. It's a, it's a very complex
2: discussion. It really is oh. the one that I am passionate About it's part of why I chose housing. A lot of people ask me why I chose residential as a career because it has so much impact on how we function in our lives. Your quality of housing has so much impact on how you feel about yourself and how you carry yourself, which then impacts
1: the opportunities that you're exposed to. It's it's something that I am very passionate about. And I think it's important. And we need, you know, leaders like yourself to embrace that and to talk about it because that's how we have change and that's how we move forward and that's how we fix this problem. So so thank you for what you're doing in that area. Um, I know you all recently broke ground at a thousand spring, um, a new Portman residential project. Tell us a little bit about that. I think it's a midtown luxury residence. So it is, it's located at
2: 10th and 10th and spring. It's my first project in Atlanta. And I couldn't think of a better project with a better team over at Portman. So 1000 spring, I'm specifically responsible for the residential portion, but as a part of a larger mixed use campus, um, Portman holdings is developing over 500,000 square feet of spec office. And they're also redeveloping the Patterson funeral home that's right next to it, along with the gardens. So this project is a perfect example of Portman's capabilities and kind of becoming a large mixed-use developer. So the residential project itself, however, is going to be about 370 units. It's 29 stories, 11,000 square feet of retail at the ground level. Level, It's going to be really well amenitized, two outdoor amenity decks, one level 10 and the other up at level 29. And the project is expected to deliver in, in 2023. So I would... Say if anyone has any questions about it, feel free to to reach out. But it is, it is very exciting.
1: That is very exciting. 2023 is just around the corner. You know, again, it it's, it's like tomorrow. It's <laughs> quick March already. You know. As quickly as the last couple of years have flown by, uh, you know, it's, it's it's gonna be here before we know it. Well, talk a little bit more about that building. Is it for sale? Is it for lease? What These opportunities are for, for rent um apartments um that are they're gonna be delivering? very nice well i can't wait to see that and to find out more about that and talk about location 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 i'm sitting here trying to think what used to be at the corner of 10th and spring and i can't think of what was there but <laughs> clearly there was something there because that's some seriously hot real estate in a great area of town and i know this is outside of what you're responsible for but talk a little bit about the redevelopment of the funeral home and what's what's going there you know what what are they doing? Yeah, so
2: I think that's still a bit of a work in progress. Um, I would probably let the Portman Holdings team speak to that a little more, but I can say it is we are treating this as a true campus. So we're blending out the retail. We have, I believe, over 50,000 square feet of retail between the three uses that we're looking to to make a, a destination in, yeah. in Midtown. So I think you'll start to hear some stuff about that here, here pretty soon.
1: I can't wait. So... Yeah, I know you said gardens and that perked my ears. So that'll be really nice to have that as an amenity too. Well, we've covered a lot today, but is there anything else before we wrap up that you'd like to add? Anything we haven't touched on? No, I think this has been a great conversation. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Oh, absolutely. All right. So how can our listeners get more information on you and Portman Residential phone, website, et cetera?
2: Sure. I'd encourage everyone to check out both the Portman Holdings and the Portman residential websites, as well as our LinkedIn pages. We do try to communicate out upcoming projects and announcements fairly well in our social media platform. So check it out. And I am an open book. So for anyone who has any questions, feel free to, to send me an email. I believe my contact information is on the, the website. Um, if not, I am, I am happy to provide it.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us. That wraps this week's Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio's All About Real Estate Edition. I'd like to thank Brittany Sanders with Portman Residential for joining me in studio today. And on behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, I'm your host, Carol Morgan. If you enjoyed today's show, please follow Atlanta Real Estate Forum on Facebook. Um, And for more information on Metro Atlanta housing news, sign up for our newsletter on atlantarealestateforum.com. Of course, you can continue this conversation by um, subscribing and downloading for free this show on iTunes, Stitcher, or Spotify, and many of our episodes are available on YouTube. So if you are interested or want more information, you can contact me at Carol at Denim Marketing, and I'm happy to give you more information on how you can participate on the show. So thank you for listening today, and I look forward to seeing you again on our next episode.
0: Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news.